So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. Hey, what's going on? Doc Danny here with the Active Atlanta Podcast. And today we get to introduce a couple of our team members, one of them being our office manager slash blood flow restriction ninja, Claire, who's been with us for about five years. Uh, but what I want to do is be able to highlight just how uh, extensive the background of the people that we work with actually are. And, and Claire in particular is someone that uh, when we first met, she was uh, she was actually at a CrossFit gym. She still coaches at a CrossFit gym, but uh, has an extensive strength and conditioning background uh, as well. And we wanted to be able to give her a chance to uh, introduce herself, so that when you guys come in, if, if that happens, that you know who you're you're talking to, and you have the re- you give her the res- respect she deserves. That's, that's right. Right. Sure. <laughs> so here's what I want to do, Claire. So um, I think you're somebody that's lived like a lot of different lives. It seems like. You basically traveled around following, is it uh, Widespread Panic? That's correct. Or, oh wait, was it... Uh, Don't um, say fish. No, not fish. Right, Widespread, widespread <laughs> Panic. And uh, after that, though, mm-hmm. you got really interested in strength and conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. And your dad owns a CrossFit gym, or owned a CrossFit gym, right? Correct. Okay, so give us your origin story. So how, how did you get involved in strength and conditioning, um, and when did that start? And like, give us a little background about what you, what you like to do as far as coaching. So, I played sports in high school, middle school. You played sports? Sport. I wasn't that great, shockingly. Um, yeah. But I was on a team because I was at a small private school. So, if you wanted to be Everybody on a team. Played. Yeah, you made it. Right. Um, so, I was active um, and a runner, but I didn't know anything about how to eat. In fact, I had a very hard time with eating. Yeah, that's something you have, like, also, I think we can talk about a little bit, like, a unique interest in nutrition based off of a lot of self-experimentation. Correct. Right? That's a, yep, that's exactly right. Um, and so then when I went to college and I got married for the first time, right. um, fairly quickly when I was 20, 21, and so but I was still as active, um, and my dad opened up a CrossFit gym. He's like, there's this new thing. It's really cool. I love it. You should try it because he worked at Fletzy, so he was around police officers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I'd do it off and on like once every three months when I came home and it would just destroy me. Yeah. Um, but there's something about it I really liked. And then when I moved to Atlanta, I saw a Groupon for CrossFit Resurgence and um, I bought it and I joined and did their intro and I just loved it. And I quickly learned that I would have to get my eating in check if I wanted to do certain things, and as I was getting stronger, and it kind of just all snowballed, and I, I just really latched onto that, and I think food and how it affects people's performance um, is really interesting, but 
Um, also, given my background with eating all the food and eating none of the food, it's it's been a I'm thankful for that now because that's given me a healthy interest and perspective on what I am interested in today. Well, you know, I think you know the, the nutrition side of things. It's I talk to people about nutrition a lot, but I'm also a skinny man that has been <laughs> like that my whole life, right? So like my ability to relate to people when they are struggling in particular with losing weight, it, I just don't have that inherent experience. Not to say that I, I you know, I, I can't help them with that, but it's just not the same thing as somebody that's like, I've been right. there, you know, and, and for you, what are the things that you've tried, you know, uh, like in terms of, I guess, like the names of these different approaches and, and what have you found to be not just a short term, uh, you know, nutritional, uh, you know, positive uh, style, but something that's just the way that you, you know, eat now. So I have tried Atkins, I've tried South Beach, I've done paleo, I've done keto, I've been vegan, I've been vegetarian, and before that, and even during, was struggling with um, not eating enough, um, I was anorexic, I was bulimic, um, I just kind of have run the whole course of, I guess, different approaches to eating or not eating, yeah. um, and so each of those I thought was a fix for what I wanted the last thing to be. Yeah. And um, there's a reason why they're, you know, you always think there's the next best thing. Um, and so I finally came around to what I like today is, um, if you're gonna put a name on it, macro counting. So it that's really helped me progress in not only CrossFit, but running and just feeling better in general, getting better sleep. Um, being a happier person, it's yeah. helped a lot with you know my mood and stuff like that day to day. Um, but that's what I prefer, and that's what has worked for me. I have found out through 25 years of trial and error. Um, so explain that a little bit because I think what oftentimes most people, uh, and if you can't already tell, like Claire has a obvious you know interest and passion for nutrition, which is something that you know has organically happen via your self-interest. It's, it's kind of like, you know, many of us that are clinicians, we get hurt and then we go through the rehab process yeah. post-surgery or something like that. And then we're like, wow, this is interesting. And we start to get, you know, kind of down the rabbit hole in that. Um, but, but for you, the approach that you're talking about, this sort of idea of macros, explain what that is a little bit, because I think for, for most people, they don't know what that means or like, you know, what, what that would entail. Mm -hmm. Uh, so g give us like a 30,000 foot view of what that is. Right. So I'd say like, for someone who has no idea, you are finding out um, you're eating a certain number of grams of protein, fat, and carbs a day, and you're hitting like a caloric goal. Um, and so for a lot of people, um, or for everybody, that's either maintenance or you're cutting or you're bulking. So you're trying to gain weight and muscle, you're trying to lose fat, or you're just trying to maintain. Yeah. Um, and so you usually have an app or something that you enter in your food and you're weighing and measuring your food and it can be pretty um, daunting at first and there is room to be a bit obsessive about it sure. which was a learning curve for me you know you think you're doing something healthier than what you were but really you just kind of uh, it's the same it's a different side of the same coin right so um, I've grown a lot in my approach to it just in the last few years um, and I've really found, I think, a good balance for me 
um, and I know I can eyeball things. It, it doesn't stress me out as much anymore, um, and I'm a lot better at figuring out like, oh, I feel like this. I probably need more carbs, or I feel like this. I should up my fat intake, and it's just been a very good system for me without being so rigid and strict and time-consuming. Yeah. Um, and I'm not cutting out a food group. I'm not denying myself anything and then binging down the road or just being like miserable mm -hmm. and taking it out on other people because I'm unhappy because I can't have Or a pint of ice cream, like, yeah. yeah. true. Pint set plural. Just yeah, like yeah, yeah. aggressively eating it. That's, well, it's how I eat anyway. Right. You probably say, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the general yeah. idea of it. Well, you, well, I think what you're talking about is the, the switch that oftentimes that we talk to people uh, not about what diet should you um, should you use like you know what things do you need to avoid mm -hmm. but really the the change in in, in a approach to development of positive nutritional habits right right so like for you yep. it sounds like you've had some really negative nutritional habits mm -hmm. and when you look at making that switch from oh I'm gonna try this paleo diet to this is just how I eat mm -hmm. uh, that's just your lifestyle what are the habitual changes that you think you know, most people can start with that are like very simple, mm -hmm. uh, actionable things that they can start to incorporate in their day to day to start developing, you know, really positive nutritional habits. I would say that food wise, um, you know, it depends on your goals, honestly. But for me, I was trying to put on muscle and get stronger. So I'm going to need to eat enough protein. Yeah. Um, weighing and measuring food is very stressful for a lot of people. But if that's the only thing you do and you get about a gram per pound of like body weight or lean mass, that's a great place to start and fill in the rest. Um, I think you can, not not to take out any food, but um, maybe your thing is, you know, you have something that's like your Achilles heel and you'll just overeat it. Yeah. Well, you know, try to um, not take that out long term, but maybe find an alternative or monitor how much you're eating and you'd be surprised what like you know a bowl of cereal is that you think is a normal serving size love cereal eat it all the time but delicious yeah it is but until you know how much you're eating it's going to be very hard to make in my opinion long-term changes you just need to know what you're working with yeah um and also getting enough sleep and drinking enough water, staying hydrated is huge. I didn't think sleep was that big of a deal mm. until you and my husband, Matthew, I know. Tracking it on the whoop. Whoop, whoop, yep. Yeah. Um, we'll have to talk about that when I tried to Matthew. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but it is, and it's really helped me a lot with uh, recovery. Yeah. And I think if you're sleep and recovery, first and foremost, like, then you can worry about your eating. Um, but yeah, like, eat enough protein eat fruits and veggies like don't eat like an asshole basically yeah but also leave uh, yourself a little room to eat like an asshole sure I mean, uh, well i think it's um more about like earn the right to eat like an asshole correct right so, yeah. so you don't do it all the time but yeah. i think to your point to say like okay you, i'm never gonna have a bowl of cereal ever again but you grew up eating cereal for yeah. breakfast your entire life you have so this much. habitual you know uh Habit, this habit you're trying to change that is so hardwired, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's really really challenging. Versus being able to understand, okay, well, if I have a bowl of cereal once a week or whatever, I do that Saturday mornings with my kids or something. Let's say that's what you do. Yeah. Versus every single day, that's a huge difference over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. Massive difference over the course of a year. Yeah. The other thing that you brought up that I think is 
such low hanging fruit for people is sleep. Like it a it's free. Okay, yeah. like everybody gets everybody can sleep. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to go buy hundreds of dollars in supplements to improve it. You, you, you literally can do very simple things to do that. And then when you get solid sleep, your uh, ability to tolerate making decisions uh, and, and your willpower actually increases. And, yeah. and that's a lot, for a lot of people, they, have, they struggle with, uh, with making bad food choices because mm -hmm. they default to what makes them feel comfortable, which is usually our comfort foods, which are things that we grew up with, which usually are not healthy things for us long-term. Like nobody runs to an apple when they're no. frustrated. Like, you know, they go and get ice cream or they'll go, you know, drink or whatever it might be. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, but, but to your point, protein seems to be something that we see constantly. People are just heavily under mm -hmm. uh, eating. So what, what, what should people be trying to uh, try to get in in terms of like their day with protein intake just as one macronutrient? Like um, how much, like grams yeah. wise? Mm -hmm. um, I know the general uh, prescription for it is 0.8 to one gram. Like when you weigh it out per pound of body weight or lean mass, it kind of just depends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you've seen our fridge downstairs. I have my yeah. it's my fridge. <laughs> well, you do a really good job of um, preparing uh, like food prep, and that in its own right is a skill. I think for people to realize, you know, if you prepare for your week, mm -hmm. it's less likely that you're gonna forget something and mm -hmm. and default to a quick option that usually is not you know the most healthy thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's something you do really well. What what's your food prep strategy look like? Like when do you make meals? Like how do you how do you package them up? I mean, are, are you yeah. trying to get your macros set in place before you you go for the week? So me personally, and that's what I think that's a big source of frustration and stress for people. Yeah. And I get that um, you might have you know three kids under the age of five and work full time, and so does your husband, and then you're also or your wife or whomever, and then you're trying to work out and this and that, and that food prep is. For me, super simple. I yeah. do not weigh and measure my food to a T and then pack it up. I cook a big thing of chicken, big thing of grass-fed beef, a bunch of veggies, and then cut up a few potatoes and roast those, and I just have big containers of carbs, fats, protein, yeah. and I put it together, and you've seen me you know, weighing and measuring stuff down there, but also, at the end of the day, I still leave myself, if I'm hungrier than what I normally hit to maintain then I'll eat some more um, and I have stuff like that on hand but just prepping in bulk and and you can throw it together put some nutritional yeast on top of it you know <laughs> I love it and some hot sauce um, yeah. it's it's great I mean it, it's so easy it takes me less than an hour yeah. to make food for the week because I don't make it a stressful event and I don't look at it as all or nothing. Like if this doesn't look Instagram perfect and you know, I don't have this meal, an actual meal prepped, that's just gonna set you, especially if you're new to it, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Make I, it easy. I easy, think for easy. a lot of people, they try to, they say like, okay, well I gotta make this like Emerald Legacy, like mm -hmm. six hour yeah. whatever deal, like versus the people that I know that are the healthiest, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to, you know, uh, their nutrition mm -hmm. are the ones they eat the same things yep. over and over again. And it's, 
it's like you'll want to make this so hard it's it's just the boring stuff is what works if you do it over a long enough period of time and that really could probably be said for changing anything yeah. you know if you do like the simple fundamental things right like if 80% of the time you're eating a lean meat mm-hmm. with some some carbohydrates some fat and most of that coming from fruits and vegetables and, mm-hmm. and lean meat yeah 20% of the time you know you just order uh insomnia cookies delivered to your house yeah. like uh, it will not make that significant of a, a difference in a negative way Correct. than if you were not 80 percent of the time yep. you know being really consistent with, with with how you eat the other thing that we start to notice is when people really start to uh develop those positive habits they they usually don't realize how bad they feel until they start to feel better because they're Correct. getting proper nutrition in and then they inherently do not want to do those other things because yeah. they feel so much worse whenever they do. Yeah, there's it's it's hard to overeat you know uh like lean proteins and and veggies. But highly palatable foods like Oreos or whatever is highly palatable for you that's like usually high in sugar and really high in fat, like you're going to overeat those. That doesn't mean they're bad. It just means you most people like my friend Kelsey says what's the serving size it's whatever's in the box like <laughs> it's for cereal for cookies yeah. whatever and those aren't bad foods but in general they're not going to make you feel as great as when you're getting all these um, micronutrients in as well right. so and then you eliminate your stress about food it's kind of funny like you were stressed about food and that's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy but also this vicious cycle you're stressed about food and then you don't know what to eat so then you undereat or you overeat but you're also hanging on to that stress in your body which makes it hard to sleep or makes it hard to do other things and you know especially working here I've learned that stress is something that is super sneaky and that yeah. you just kind of get used to certain levels of it until you take some away or recover and you realize oh wow I had no idea it was affecting me like that right so you can take that out and also be eating well, that's a huge change and it's really not hard to do and it doesn't have to be scary. Well, when you work with somebody with like, let's say nutrition coaching, you're helping them through this process, uh, have you found, so so like for me, I just sort of relate this to kids or animals. Mm -hmm. Like positive reinforcements to me seems to work much better than negative reinforcement, right? Like I can yell at my dog for Mm -hmm. uh, eating like the kids toys or something like that. But for me to then go through like positive reinforcement training with him to Mm -hmm. do the things that we want responds much better. So if somebody's trying to break these habits and, and, and and develop better eating habits without beating themselves up, which I think is what most people do, you know, Mm -hmm. in their mind, they're like, I'm such an, I'm such a piece of crap. Like Mm -hmm. I just ate, six packs of gushers that were my kids yeah. but I was like really hungry yeah. and then they immediately regret it you know like and then you eat more gushers and more gushers yeah. to like because fuck it at that point who cares exactly so what what have you found from from more you know taking this into more of a positive lens that is a healthier approach for people making nutrition changes you know what are some things that you've seen that, that really make uh, a, 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 a positive early change with people when they're trying to make a, a nutritional yeah. change I'd say just don't beat yourself up about stuff. It's not going to be perfect, just like with anything that's worthwhile and that's you're wanting to make a change long-term. And that's why these diets don't work. Keto, uh, you know, paleo. I mean, these are all still diets. Like you're yeah. eliminating food. Your, your goal is to get lean. You know, that's not a long-term solution for a lot of people. And um, 
So I would say don't beat yourself up for it. Um, get back on track. You know, having two cookies is, or whatever it is for you, is nothing. Six packs of Gushers, okay, but it's not that much in the scheme of things. So then if you take that mentality and say, well, it doesn't matter at this point, I'll just start again Monday and just go crazy, you're, it, there's no, like, you're not a good or bad person for that. There's no, like, morality tied to it, but you're not going to feel as great and you're gonna, it's just gonna compound on top of each other. Yeah. Um, also, I used to make fun of my dad and my brothers and I did, he'd always have a bowl of fruit in his car, he'd always have some pistachios or something, and he'd always have like some beef jerky or whatever, and we'd ask to stop at McDonald's or wherever for food, and he'd offer us like a plum or a pomegranate, and we were like, yeah, never mind. You want a McNugget. Right, exactly. I have fruit in my car all the time now. I always have like yeah. a protein bar or something. Just these little things about being prepared for when you do feel hungry and you're going to do something that's not in line with your goals, whatever they are, be prepared for that. And then also give yourself the grace to um, get through it and not beat yourself up about it and label yourself as good or bad because yeah. it's, it's not that serious. It's just food. It, well, how it, old is your dad? My dad is 60. He'll be 62 this year. If people met your dad in person, he's a how old would they think he was? I've, he's gotten mistaken for my brother and husband. Yeah. So. He's he's in insane good shape yeah. for his age, and and for most people in general, he's kicking twenty year olds' butts. It's crazy, but yeah. but part of that is when we see these people that are like perceived outliers, right? Right. They're like, oh, so and so is an outlier, and, and there's definitely uh, some people hit the genetic lottery, and other people do not. But what for we sure. see when we really look at you know long term uh, changes, the, the, the people that are the healthiest for the longest period of time, they're the ones that on a day-to-day -day basis are just doing more of the right things mm -hmm. for their body. Like somebody driving around with fruit in their car, yeah. you know, versus a little Debbie, mm -hmm. you, you do that for one day, it's not gonna make that big of a difference. You do that for decades, mm -hmm. all of a sudden it makes huge differences in particular fruits mm -hmm. and vegetables. Cause there's so many micronutrients in that, that we don't even understand. Yep. You know, we can't supplement for those things. Your dad having like lean meat, fruits and vegetables on mm -hmm. hand, all the time so that he doesn't go and stop at a gas station and get a honey bun that's just like that's just a strategy that he has you know for us one thing that we found is um if if we just don't have it in the house we're too lazy to go and get something oh for sure and, and technology is making this harder because you can get stuff delivered now but yeah. even still it's you know like we just don't have stuff in our house and and uh, ashley has a couple stepsisters and they hate coming over to the house because they're like you guys don't have anything to eat we're yeah. like, we got lots of food i would hate to babysit at y'all's yeah. house i would love it now right 16 absolutely not yeah mm -hmm. you'd be eating you'd be drinking our like athletic greens and I, I'd uh find you know something, but, our, yeah. our organic apples but That's like right. <laughs> the they think it's awful they're like yeah. you guys don't have any food we're like we have a lot of our, tons of food so much food you just don't want to <laughs> eat it right so like part of it is is that but i i think that it's cool to look at people like your dad who are in their 60s or people that we get to work with that are in their 60s mm -hmm. and they just have these like simple habits that they've developed yep. and having a framework for how, how those work where they figured out them on their own or, or somebody helped them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that people can uh, change long term is simple habits, not trying to, like you said, label yourself good or bad because you ate a plate of nachos mm -hmm. at you know this party you were at or something like that and, and being okay with that because it's not just the food, but man, like the way that you beat yourself up and like all these negative things that can happen with people mm -hmm. that affect other relationships outside and that can be directly related to their relationship with food. Yep. It's pretty crazy. It is. Know? And it's not the food. It's something else. You're yeah. using the food to, because of an insecurity or lack of control, you feel somewhere else. I mean, I know that firsthand 
in a big way. Yeah. But it's, you know, is it, like we see people here, is it really about your clean and jerk or is it about throwing your kids up in the air and being able to catch them sure. and have those memories? Like, is it really about the food or is, th- th- I mean, food's such a an emotional component and it's so ingrained in every culture in yeah. a different way. It's, you can't escape that. And if you have an unhealthy relationship with it, I, I mean, there, you, you've got to work on it. Yeah. There's, there's no way to avoid it. So. Well, there's also social elements, right? Like I, uh, the guy that I teach for, he, you know, he, he always says, if your friend offers you a beer yep. and you're like so strict about your diet that you turn it down, you're just an asshole at that point. Like versus <laughs> right. you have one beer with mm-hmm. them and then you're, you're good. Like, you mm-hmm. know, okay, cool. Like we'll have a beer together. It's not about the beer. It's about the, it's about the engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you if you have like substance abuse issues and it's Obviously. cool, right. then, then you go that right. But, but yeah. for most people, that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. But what it leads to is like they end up with six and then they end up, you know, eating stuff that they normally don't and, and they put themselves in kind of a bad place because their sleep is deteriorated and, and then they got to kind of dig themselves out of that hole. But, you know, I think that understanding that food is, uh, there's lots of food involved in celebrations in a positive way. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that you're going to find yourself in um, that are situations that you just can't exclude things. Mm-hmm. You just have to be okay with, you know, eat and control what you can control when you can control it mm-hmm. and then be, be okay when you can't. Yeah. And, and not beat yourself up about it because yeah. that's such a negative um, approach to the way that you eat. And really, to your point, external things cannot fix internal things. Right. Like if you have these internal problems, I see this with people in, I work with a lot of people that are involved in business now, right? Mm-hmm. So they have their own businesses. For many of them, their motivation is like, comes from a very bad place. Mm-hmm. It's like they have a shit relationship with their dad and they're just kind of trying to prove everybody wrong Yeah. versus doing something that is intentional for what their reasons are versus just mm-hmm. trying to uh, prove everybody wrong. And no matter how successful they are, they still are in the same place. Yep. You know, they just sort of resent where they're at a little bit more. Yep. And with food, I think there's so many parallels where you can have these negative eating habits where you're like, look how, look at my body fat percentage. Like so-and-so that called me fat, like they can go fuck off. Cause look at me now. Yeah. And maybe that's motivation that gets you there. But when you get there, you still don't feel too good about yourself. Cause there's something mm-hmm. else internal that you haven't fixed. Yeah. It's never enough. You, you'll, I mean, I've been, 15 pounds less than this and leaner, but I felt like garbage. I was performing well and I, you know, by typical standards, like looked better, air quotes, but, or or what I thought was better or trying to get to, but I wasn't any happier. And it, there, there's always, the grass is always greener. You'll never get to that point that you're like, ah, this is it. Mm. I can relax. And then what? If you do get to that point, you're going to be so stressed about staying at that level. Yeah. It's a bummer when I hear people say, I just have 10 more pounds to lose. Your body's probably happy where it is. That, like, 10 pounds, you, I mean, if you have to fight so hard to lose it, that's probably not where you want to hang, your body wants to hang out yeah. for most of the time. And people, it's hard to get okay with that mm-hmm. because of so much, and I think the culture is definitely changing around it but you still see so many people you know only posting the highlights and you see these elite athletes it's like well I do CrossFit too why don't I look like that I mean I had someone ask me like you work out all the time why don't you look this way I yeah was like, look like uh, an Icelandic like <laughs> yeah, freak right I mean okay. like, all right so it's it's really hard and it's um such again an emotional thing uh I totally get it, but it sucks to hear people say, well, I can't eat bread because of this, or, you know, I was at my kid's birthday party and I didn't have any cake, so oh, I was so good. That, 
is no way to live your life. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. Right. And you're just, it's, again, you'll never get to that point. You have to be okay with where you are. And you also have to love people where they are. Right. If you're in a position to help someone, like, don't, you know, make them feel bad about certain things. It's, it's okay to be where you're at and still want to improve, but then also realize, you know, if you never have that eight pack that you think is what you need to prove something, that's okay. That doesn't take away that you can deadlift 300 pounds or yeah. whatever. So Totally. You know, and I think to your point too, weight is relative and we, we, sure. we know that like your what you weigh it is a consistent variable you can track for sure. But mm-hmm. when we look at, we, there's plenty of people that we work with that are making physical changes in a positive way and their weight changes zero. Yep. But the way that their clothes fit changes, mm-hmm. the strength that they have changes, you know, their, their body composition changes in mm-hmm. a positive way, but they may weigh exactly the same. So I think like the weight of somebody can be very deceiving. Oh, for sure. I gained 20 pounds since I've been doing CrossFit, but I look, I mean, if you heard that, that to, to me in my head would be such a more drastic change. I notice a difference than, you know, where I was in like 2012 or whatever, but it, it's not, you know, I've, so many awesome skills and things I can do now that I've acquired because of it. But before, if you had told me you're going to gain 20 pounds, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. And I get it. It's hard to see the scale go up. It's stressful to see it go down because then you want it to keep going down. It's hard to see it go up, especially as a woman. So, um, yeah, that's a, but you can change your body comp and stay exactly the same and like, and not everybody's built the same way either right like i mean just think exactly. about it. you you just get a hundred people together <coughs> same diet same training they're gonna look so different yeah and especially in the u.s i mean we have so many people from uh, like mm-hmm. lots of different backgrounds that they're not going to move the same they're not going to look the same um i mean for me like i'm on the complete opposite side i spent a lot of time as a when I was younger trying to gain weight I mean I literally drank a gallon of whole milk a day for a month to try to get over 200 pounds once and I felt awful and when I hit I I hit 200 pounds for the only time in my life and like that following day I pulled my hamstring running down um uh, to first base playing softball and I realized (laughs) I've just gained a ton of non-useful weight I feel bad I'm like sweating out milk at the beach in Hawaii 200 and that's what matters yeah yeah, no. and you know the only reason I did that is because there's a, a well-known strength coach who said if you if you're a man and you haven't hit 200 pounds you've never you've never met your your male potential right, and that's a Ooh. it's it's a silly like you know yeah. uh, overarching statement that I mean I've done plenty of things the flip side of that with with you know just whatever just self testing, and but what what I've noticed and I think this is just kind of across the board. Everybody sort of has a set point. And I think for you to be mm-hmm. plus or minus about 10 pounds of that or, or whatever you know metric you want to look at mm-hmm. is barely possible. To be further than that, above or below, is yeah. really hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we work with legitimate professional athletes who come in here. One of them plays for the Jets and his mom works with us as well. And I asked her about him growing up and I was like, well, what was he like? She was like, huge, you know, because he's six foot seven and he weighs 300 pounds. Yeah. And he has two siblings that are not nearly as big as him, right? Yeah. So. But some people are just built that way, right? So for him, he's always going to be big. It's mm-hmm. just the way that he is, you know, versus other people are always going to be really lean and they can eat Doritos for every meal. But but that's sort of like the way that their body type is. They have a super fast metabolism mm-hmm. that eventually will catch up to them to some degree. But what we're getting at is, you know, that sort of set point of where you're at, being healthy and looking healthy are two different things. And we look internally at some of those people, right. their blood numbers look 
bad. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're stressed out all the time because they just want to look a certain way. And if they don't, then they hate themselves, right? And it's like, and that's a really bad place to be too on many other factors that affect long-term health besides, you know, what do you look like in a, in a bathing suit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's, I mean, I, as much as I hate social media, it's also been great because you see, especially women like these elite athletes who will post these pictures of themselves and they're like, I look super healthy here. I was not. I was training, you know, six hours a day. Yes. I was eating 1,800 calories, which is nothing if you are an elite athlete. Training a ton, yeah. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I was shredded, but I lost my period for a year. I couldn't sleep at night. I kept waking up and having to pee in the middle of the night. Couldn't like, get all, pregnant if they wanted to. Like, tons right. of hormone issues, yeah. Yeah, huge. And, yeah. I mean, I've done that to a certain degree with wanting to get leaner, stronger, faster, da-da-da, in such a short amount of time and maintain that can't do it and it's just you know it's exhausting and it's it's a a standard that just isn't realistic yeah yeah well Claire I know you didn't want to do this oh my goodness but you did so great (laughs) I'm so glad I'm so glad we get you on here and you know and and for you I think you know for people that are listening to this if what Claire says and has you know has brought up strikes a chord with you and you're looking to get some help with um you know working on your nutrition habits and having somebody that understands like how to actually help you get to where you're trying to go in a really positive way and not just like hey I saw you ate a cookie jerk you know like good job it would just be because you did not share it with me (laughs) give me a cookie (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) that's it but you know reach out to us we'd love to connect you guys uh with her and and, and get you some help in that area because we know how frustrating it can be and it can be a really important what we consider keystone habit that leads to then other areas because when somebody starts to improve what they're they're eating how they're eating and how they feel about themselves all of a sudden you know they they start being more active they start sleeping better they start managing stress in other areas better they start improving relationships with people around them because they feel better about themselves and how they look and how they feel Mm -hmm. and it's such a compounding positive effect it's a it's a great place to start for 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 many people so um other than that you want to finish with anything or I didn't get in any 30 Rock quotes, but I can't think of any right yeah. now. So Well, you said you were going to respond just with that, and you, I, you didn't I did. at all. So. Yeah. I've, the next time, I guess. Next podcast. I'm loving this. I want to do all the podcasts. You should have so. your own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to chat with you and, and uh, people that we're involved with are just, you know, just really smart people. We want to be able to expose that to people that are, are listening to this. So, guys, as always, thanks so much for listening to the Active Atlanta podcast. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.